Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season, it's only got a couple weeks left. And look, you might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on all the action at BetOnline, like this must-win matchup between the Bears and Vikings in Week 15. And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there was always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, it's week 15. It's must-win week. It's Bears versus Vikings, the sequel. Coming back at you. Who will get the 500? And we're going, to, we're going the extra mile this week. We're doing a bonus episode today. I'm excited. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I've been riding high off of a crazy Week 14 victory, and uh, I'm hoping that we can carry some of that momentum. You know, if the team can play well and I can feel good about my life, maybe, you know, that same sort of momentum, that same sort of energy will carry us into Week 15, and we can get that, you know, that positive result that we're all looking for. I love it. Let's take it to another level. Let's take it to a higher ground. And because of that, we're going to bring you a preview pod in a couple more days. But right now, we're bringing on a very special guest. He is one of the featured writers for the Windy City Gridiron. He also works for DraftWire as well. Jacob Infante, how are you, my friend? Thank you for joining the pod. Thank you guys so much. I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Well, Jacob, we appreciate you having on. We're excited to hear some of your uh, your input, some of your thoughts on on this crazy Bears season that has been. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So, um, I mean, how are you feeling after that that victory on Week 14? I mean, what was your reaction to the game, and you know how that whole thing went and played out? I mean, I was surprised. I figured with uh, the six game losing streak that they wouldn't have been able to put together as much of an energetic performance as they did. Uh, I think it was clicking on all cylinders. The offense looked better than arguably any other game this year. The defense looked really good. It bounced back after two straight, you know, kind of rough games. So I was genuinely surprised. And I was kind of in that mindset where I'm like, okay, uh, I'm starting to give up on the season. I'm looking more towards draft positioning at this point. And then they won this game. They're now still one game out of a playoff spot. Now, my thinking's kind of changed. Like, yeah, there are some issues on this roster, but they're still in it. And they've got a, you know, realistic enough stretch where they could win at least two of those games. So I don't know. I'm pleasantly surprised and very happy right now, I'd say. (laughs) What's going on in your brain is basically Bears fandom right now, where there's two different camps, where after you lose six games in a row, you're like, this season's toast. Let's just like, Let's just try and get as juicy of a draft pick as we possibly can. And now with this victory, it is still mathematically possible for the Bears to sneak in there. So take out, you know, all the other teams and all the other things that need to kind of bounce the Bears' way, Jacob. You know, you said that you, you, you like their chances in, the, in these next couple of games. So are you seeing a scenario where it is very possible that they could be 8-7 and seven heading into this final Green Bay game and perhaps a playoff spot on the line? You know, I think it's definitely realistic because – If they were to beat the Vikings, I think this week is the must-win week if they want to make the playoffs. If they beat the Vikings, they've got the tiebreaker there. Uh, And then the only team realistically they're going to have to compete with is the Cardinals. And they've got the 49ers and the Rams coming up, as well as the Eagles, who we saw they beat the Saints, you know, with Jalen Hurts under center. Who knows what could happen there? So the Cardinals have a tough schedule ahead. They're only one game ahead of the Bears. 
So say if the Cardinals drop two of those games and the Bears are able to say they lose against Green Bay, they beat Minnesota and Jacksonville, they're in the playoffs. So I think it's possible. I'm not going to go around and say that they're going to make it yet simply because I think the Vikings game is going to be a very difficult one. But at the same time, I think it's definitely possible. And if you told me this time last week that, the, you know, we'd be looking at a realistic possibility the Bears would be able to sneak into that seventh seed, I wouldn't have believed it. I don't think you're alone in that. I mean, there's absolutely no way to predict what this team is from week to week. I think Joey and I both wrote them off, you know, the previous week. Um, so, you know, we, we both pre- – I think we both predicted losses to the Texans. Yeah, the Lions, the Lions the game was tough on all of us. I think that was just a – that was a hard one to swallow. It just, yeah. It just broke the spirit. <laughs> After we've had this sort of up-and-down experience, um, do we want to win? Do, do we do we want to get better at this point? I mean, like, I, I've – Joey and I, we weigh on this a lot. We go back and forth with it. Is this team going to be any better – for winning these games and making this playoff push is that is that a good thing I guess is the is the best way to put that question that's a really tough question to think about because I'm completely split obviously on one end uh growing up watching the Bears I want them to win this game and I want them to make it into the playoffs uh but on the other end you know I realize there are some flaws on this roster they might be better suited if they get a better draft pick so I'm honestly 100% torn there's so much at stake here these next three games. I think I'm going to wait until after this Sunday to make my decision because after this whole Viking situation, I think it's going to be a lot more clear which direction we're headed in. And Jacob, you do a lot of great work for Windy City Gridiron. I noticed you, you did a top 10 list with your wide receivers very recently. I'm sure you're going to go through all the different position battles. As it stands today, and we're talking about being torn about draft pick or playoffs, clean house or bring everybody back, in your opinion right now, obviously the cream of the crop is going to be in that five to eight area. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields off the board. Maybe another quarterback sneaks into there. Do you see a huge talent drop between picks 10 and 15 and 15 and 20? I mean, I know that there's a couple offensive linemen that, you know, Cameron, you could probably speak on it too, that just seem like these lockdown day one Pro Bowl you know, starters for any NFL franchise right now. But in that 10 to 15 area, that 15 to 20 area, do you see a huge talent drop off right now? Where do you see that prospect wise in the draft right now? Cause that could mean one spot one way or the other for the bears. Yeah. I think that when I take a look at this class, there is, there is a slight drop off. I wouldn't say it's necessarily massive because I think that there are still a lot of talented guys who are going to go in that mid, you know, late first round. But I do think that it's very clear. There's a top tier of prospects and I don't expect any of those uh, quote unquote top tier guys to fall into that latter half of the first round. So if the Bears say they pick like 15th or 16th, there's a chance they might miss out on a true – I don't want to say blue chipper because that's more of like a top five, even top ten reserve term. But as far as a guy who can immediately step in to make an impact, I think that regardless, though, they'll they'll have talent available. I really like this offensive line class. I think that the middle round, especially for for that position, is the sweet spot. I don't think that there are going to be outside of Penny Sewell from Oregon. I think that all the offensive linemen are going to go uh, from like that 15, 16 range onward. So maybe from the uh, perspective of other positions, there might be a drop off. I think if you're looking at an offensive line though, I think that it's definitely strong right about that range. 
and that's that's definitely an area where the Bears may want to be. So there's there's lots of uh, there's there's just could go so many ways, and there's so many caveats to each and every situation. I think that kind of tailors into uh, another good question. I mean, kind of, you know, obviously there's a lot on the line, not only playoff implications and draft implications, but also you know people's jobs in this in this uh, situation. So I mean, coming up, do you think? If they're able to win, whether they win or not, do we see the return of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? And um, if no, I mean, like, what do we think? Like, does anything change that, you know, the trajectory with all of that? I th- at least in my opinion, I think Ryan Pace's job is a little bit more on the line here than Matt Nagy. I think that generally uh, there are situations where the GM gets fired and the head coach stays. We saw that with Lovey Smith and Phil Emery. I mean, obviously that didn't work out for the best, but Pace has had since 2015. And if the Bears missed out on the playoffs – they'd only make the playoffs once in that, what, five, six-season span? Especially Pace's job is on the line. And you can also look at it from the perspective of Matt Nagy, where you say, oh, uh, he made the playoffs in his first year, and he hasn't had a single season underneath 500, say if they go 8-8. Eight and eight. That's a very tough decision you're going to have to make. I personally believe that at this stage it's best to uh, try and start over because I, I think that Ryan Pace may not be the guy to get out of this uh, sort of cap hell that they're in right now. And I've been a big fan of Pace for a while, but I feel like these past two off seasons, uh, he's kind of dug himself a deep hole. He was going all in on trying to compete and it isn't working out. I think that if the bears are going to try and want to rebuild, which again, I, I don't even know if they want to at this point, because you're so close to the playoffs, maybe you can make that rationale. Oh, we're a couple moves away. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have a ton of money. You keep trading away future draft picks. And no matter what, you don't have an answer at quarterback. So personally, I think that at the very least, one of them will be gone. I think if they lose this Vikings game, there's a fate's going to be sealed for the both of them. But Again, I, I, I don't know for sure yet. I think, again, the Vikings game is going to be crucial, not only from a playoff perspective, but I think from a job security perspective as well. It seems like we're also kind of talking about what the threshold is here. It seems like it's all leaning towards change in the offseason. Yeah. And that seems to be what everyone's talking about. I like to zag a little bit. I'm kind of curious for you, what would be the threshold outside of – let's take Super Bowl off the board – you know, what would it need to take for Pace, Nagy, and even Trubisky to even be under consideration to come back next year? Is that a no way, no how for you? If they won one playoff game, would you consider it? You know, what is your threshold for gauging their success the rest of the season? At the very least, Pace and Nagy are both going to stay on if they manage to make it into the playoffs. I think that if they manage to sneak in there at 9-7 and seven or even 8-8, eight and eight, uh, then you're looking at, okay, Nagy's made the playoff. Uh, in two of his three years there, there's, it's not a perfect roster, but I think that that would be enough to keep them around. As for Trubisky though, you know, it's kind of tough because you watch some of his past games this year and you say, okay, he's toast. There's no chance he's going to stick around and he'll sign somewhere else. But you watch what he did against the Texans in an offense where, you know, kudos to Bill Lazor. He did a much better job of playing to Trubisky's strengths with, 
you know, having him roll out, throwing on the run, eliminating half of that field so he doesn't have to do the full field reads. In that situation, Trubisky can be solid. Again, I don't think that that's necessarily the type of guy you want to be comfortable with as your franchise quarterback. But I think that for Trubisky to stay, they would have to win a playoff game. I think they'd not only have to make the playoffs, but they'd have to win it as well. I don't see him getting franchise tagged. I think that price is way too steep. And I don't see him getting signed to a long-term deal. If they bring him on, I could see them doing it on a short one or two-year deal again. But I, I don't think they're going to want to do that, especially since they've got Nick Foles locked on for at least another year after this. And would Trubisky want to do that? Yeah. I mean, you have to keep that in mind as well. I mean, this is a place where, you know, he's struggled and you think, okay, maybe I'd have a better opportunity uh, somewhere else, either depending on what his mindset is, I can, you know, start for this team or I can, you know, be coached by this system and I can learn under another quarterback and develop my own game and eventually maybe fight for a starting role in a year or two. Yeah. And if I may, quick question for Cameron, is there a world where like, next season 2021 Nagy Trubisky and Foles can all exist in the same room I mean that that seems relatively impossible is there a world where that can even exist I don't really see it because like we kind of talked from the jump I mean like the moment you make that decision hey we're gonna go this direction we're gonna go that direction whoever it may be I feel like it's really hard to go back when they put the the keys in the hands of Nick it seemed like they were riding off Mitch forever did it not totally now we're and now we've seen this Mitch experience and Mitch clearly, you know, things have been working significantly better. Um, I, I find it very hard to believe that we can just, Hey, let's all coexist again. Like this just doesn't seem like from a chemistry standpoint that that's really a realistic expectation. Yeah. Can you like put stuff in the past in an NFL room? You know, like when you have like friends or relationships, it's just like, you kind of bring up the shit that happened two years ago. And you're like, do you remember when you took me out and you put him in? Well, why don't you listen to me right now? And Hey, do you remember, you know, all that stuff? Can you really put that behind? And I'm sure, you know, it's a professional setting, but there's residue there. I think it's easier to put off something that happened against an opponent than it is to put off something that happened with a teammate. You know what I mean? Like you can say, Hey, you know, we had this beef or whatever on the field, but that was in the heat of battle you know, like you could kind of write that off and say, Hey, I get that. That happens in the game. Uh, it's a different, it's a whole different thing to like be competing for a job. Hey, you lost it. Hey, you lost it. Uh, you know, and now the media's the media points fingers at Chicago. So we tear them both apart. Like it's going to be really, really hard to put all these people and these pieces back together and say, yeah, go make it work. I just don't think that's how it happens. And that's not realistic. At least you got to give credit to Bears fans. We've been equal opportunity ripping apart people. Haters. <laughs> we've been hating. We've hated on everyone equally. There's no one that hasn't like, there's no one that's gotten off light. You know what I mean? So at least, Never. At least we got that going for us. Jacob, let's roll it forward. Let's put it on the field heading into week 15 against the Vikings team that, you know, the Bears are coming in and had a different quarterback the last time they faced them. Kirk Cousins threw for 292 and two touchdowns. We held Dalvin Cook. At bay, I'll put it that way. 96 rushing yards. That's a pretty damn good job against a running back of that caliber. You know, so what do you think, Jacob, are going to be the keys in week 15 for the Bears to come out with a victory and get back to 500? Yeah, I think that you take a look at that last Bears-Vikings game. I think that not having David Montgomery definitely hurt because you didn't have that dynamic running ability. Uh, and Montgomery's been really good. Uh, the past couple weeks. Like we saw obviously outside of that 80 yard run for a touchdown that he had last week, he's looked really good. He's looked more powerful and 
quicker. So I think that not only uh, having that reliable run game, but more importantly, winning the time of possession. I think that if you're able to put together drives through the air, take together some sort of similar philosophy that you had last week where, you know, eliminate half of the field for Trubisky, simplify his reads a bit, and eventually maybe drive the ball down the field. I think that would be huge, especially against a team with a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's, you know, one of, if not the best running back in the league at this point. They, if, if he gets going, then they are going to win that time of possession battle. So I think obviously stopping or limiting Dalvin Cook is huge. But I think that on offense, you got to do your best to just draw the clock out because that's, I think that's probably the best you can do with the limitations that the Bears have on offense right now. Just draw the clock out. And I think winning the time of possession battle will be huge. Yeah, and that comes back to the stuff that the Bears have struggled with this season. Third and short situations, you know, scoring in the third quarter, you know, getting off to good starts on offense. And I, I'm in agreement with you. If we can kind of control the time of possession, probably going to give ourselves a good chance. Cameron, real quick, what do you think the Bears got to do defensively? I mean, I, I felt like the effort was pretty decent, but they kind of let Kirk Cousins do whatever he wanted, and it was probably one of our poorer games from a secondary standpoint. Jalen Johnson's sort of up in the air right now with an injury. You know, what kind of adjustments could they possibly make on the defensive side of the ball to stop Dalvin Cook, a Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, who's not having a great year but still has 12 touchdowns? And he had two against, two against the Bears last time they played. So I would and try some, and and some nice grabs. Some nice grabs, by the way, too. Try and try and stop that guy. Uh, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on getting Dalvin Cook on the ground and trying to bottle him up. They were able to contain him to 96 yards, which for most guys is a hell of a day for Dalvin Cook. Eh, tough sledding. So Man. I think that <laughs> – but, of course, so they contained Dalvin Cook and they let the Kirk cook. Man, Kirk got almost 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, was able to find uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson is, was lights out as he's been all year. We want to make sure that – you know, I think that they need to need to come out and maybe do a better job of uh, of taking this pass game a little bit more seriously. We know we know the Dalvin Cook reputation, and and I think that they put a lot of their eggs in that basket. Uh, I would like to see them dial up the pressure a little bit more, kind of like we saw against the Texans, and continue to see, um, you know, getting home to the quarterback and uh, you know put more pressure on Kirk Cousins. He's not the type of guy that. Um, is going to thrive moving around the pocket, trying to throw the ball downfield and extending plays. It's not really his bread and butter. Um, so I would like I would like to see that. You know, obviously they they forced Dalvin Cook to run the ball 30 times um, <laughs> last last game, which seems to be like a high school stat. I don't you don't see that a whole lot. So 30 attempts. So um, but yeah, I, I think that that's probably not a bad formula. But you got to put more pressure on on Kirk Cousins and not let him um, light you up like the Bears did, which is you know, not, uh, not exactly what we're accustomed to. So try and limit that passing game while still containing Dalvin Cook to a, a normal amount of rushing yards. Yeah, I was a real jokester when we were previewing that game where, you know, in my opinion, I think Khalil Mack, for the most part, like owns Kirk Cousins, and he just went out there and kind of did whatever he wanted. It would be really nice to sort of send him a reminder that, you know, number 52 is still on the other side of that ball there. And, yeah, in terms of Dalvin Cook, I just feel like, you know, yeah, hand it off 30 times if you want to. The number does seem crazy, though, right, Cameron, where, like, David Montgomery gets an 80-yard run, and then he only touches the ball, like, 10 more times in the game. Right, David Montgomery's getting, like, 12, 13 carries a game. You look at, at Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry's stat lines, and you're like, oh, 
these guys are getting 30 plus carries. It's a, and if you it's watch the Bears game. offense, yeah, you watch the Bears offense, you're like, wait a second, you run 30 offensive plays in a game? <laughs> Let alone carries? What the hell's going yeah. on? Well, you'd have to get a third down completion or, you know, you'd have to, you know, be able to, to convert on a third down to be able to get that many plays in a game. That'd be crazy. Jacob, final question for you. Just really interested to continue to get your insights on what you see from the prospects in college right now. I think a lot of Bears fans are already starting to maybe look at some of these quarterbacks that are slinging the rock right now and perhaps helping out their draft value. As I mentioned before, Lawrence and Justin Fields probably off the board. You got Trey Lance, who's, you know, played one game this year, but last year his tape was pretty awesome. You know, Kyle Trask, you know, lighting it up at Florida, a little bit more of a stationary guy. Zach Wilson has had an incredible year. Last couple weeks, eh, you know, a little so-so. And then you got Mac Jones, a dude who quietly is probably going to win the Heisman. But not a lot of people are putting him in that top category. As it stands today, Jacob, who do you think is perhaps the best quarterback out of those options outside of Lawrence and Fields? And who do you think could be a best fit for the Bears if they did target a quarterback in the NFL draft? Yeah, so I think out of those four guys, uh, my favorite would have to be Zach Wilson. Even with uh, his play the last couple of weeks, which it has still been solid. It just hasn't been up to par with the rest of you know his season. And I think that that's something that's you know somewhat worrisome considering how he played against Coastal Carolina, which he looked good. He just didn't look great like – a quarterback against you know some of that better competition should and that's saying coastal carolina is not even a power five school and he still tended to have a couple of issues and pressure there but i'm still taking zach wilson i think he's got an incredible arm i think he's athletic i think he's got great touch on the deep ball i think that he's shown some promise in regards to his ability to extend the play uh, and to go through progressions i think i love his quick release He's got a lot of the tools that I look for in a quarterback. And sure, you know, he doesn't play at a power five level. We've seen quarterbacks who didn't play at a power five level to succeed. So I'm not as worried about that. As for the other guys, Trey Lance, I think people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit because, yeah, you're right. He, d- he wasn't incredible in that one game that he played in 2020. Last year's tape, though, was really good. And that's just a matter of, okay – are we going to give in to a one year of starting experience at the FCS level, which for a first round franchise quarterback is a bit of a risk. And I still think he's going to go top 15 though, because he's got an incredible arm. He's really athletic. He's accurate with the football, but I think there is a bit, a bit of a risk there. And with Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, the question is, okay, do these guys have the physical attributes and the upside to be franchise quarterbacks. I personally don't think either of them do. So if I had to choose, I'd go Zach Wilson. I think he'll be the first off the board of those guys. But I think if you're taking a quarterback in the first round, you got to aim high. Zach Wilson has got a smile that is either going to work great or it's going to be a disaster. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a bright, beautiful smile, right? You're like, yeah. you're not sure if he's a franchise guy or he is that franchise guy because it's such a, like, it's such a telegenic smile. I can't figure it out. The Bears love those BYU quarterbacks with the headbands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first time worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for joining today. Before we get you out of here, give us a final score. Bears-Vikings week 15, what do you think happens? Ah, uh, shoot, you're putting me on the spot here. I got to think about that. Uh, I'm. You know what? I'm going to take the Bears. 
I'm going to take the Bears, and I haven't done that in quite a while. I'm going to say the Bears win 23-19. to 19. WindyCityGridiron.com is the website. Check it out. Jacob Infante is one of their featured writers there. He's doing some excellent work, you guys. Make sure you just check out his recent article where he ranks the top 10 wide receivers coming out of the draft this year. Another area that, honestly, the Bears could possibly be targeting, not just in the first round, but in the second round. He does great work for DraftWire, too, as well. Jacob, man, thank you so much for joining, dude. Uh, Happy holidays. Health to you and yours, and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I had a blast. Bears and Vikings, Cameron, we're coming up with a preview pod in just a day. Get excited. Come on back and check it out. But first of all, take us home on another great pod. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you hear me and Joey's lovely voices as we uh, preview the matchup with the Vikings. That will be coming out late Thursday night, early Friday morning for your commute to work. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you give us a follow, a subscribe, a like, tell your friends, tell your grandma, and remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.